When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello, friends. How are you? Good. There's a lot to do today. We, uh, as always, I know we always start off that way, but there is always a lot to do. Uh, We're going to jump right into it. Thank you for downloading this episode of After 9. Coming up in the second half. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the crazy shit that happens at work. Oh, I can't wait. I'm excited we're doing this on the podcast. We did, did this on our show today, but we had to omit some of them because they just weren't appropriate for the radio. But you know how the pod works, so wait do you hear some of this scandalous shit. Everything here is inappropriate, so stick around. That is coming up. First off, Kat, I thought I'd run through some of the, the headlines that are dominating the story or the, the news today. Okay. We'll start off in British Columbia, where health officials have announced that the simple test for HPV is going to replace pap tests as standard screening for cervical cancer. This is something that the Canadian Cancer Society has been advocating for for a long time. They say it is more effective. Here's the best part or the worst part, depending on your bend. You do it at home. You get the test, you take it home, you swab your hoo-ha, and you just send it in, and the lab will tell you if you've got cervical cancer or you're at risk of cervical cancer. Are they not worried people aren't going to do it appropriately, appropriately, or do they just not? doesn't matter. They don't care. It's hard to say. I, I think that part of the reason they say this is effective is because it replaces the pap test, which a lot of people find very invasive and uncomfortable. I personally have never had one, but... I'm told that they're not very much fun, right? Nobody gets excited about going for a pap smear. No, but at the same time, like, is this not a similar test anyway if we're swabbing or do we not have to go in as deep? Because sometimes the doctor's going a little too deep. You know what I mean? I know they have to. That's what they have to do. That's Mm. what they have to do. This looks kind of like the swab that you- I say too deep, by the way. It's the appropriate amount of deep, but you know what I mean? (laughs) It's the appropriate amount of deep I trust. (laughs) I trust that they're going in the appropriate amount. My doctor's great. I love her. But sometimes I'm like, whoa, I feel like I've, I felt that in my tonsils. <laughs> well, in this case, it looks like the swab that we were all using for those COVID tests. Oh, interesting. Yeah, almost like something you'd clean a, uh, the metal straws with, okay. one of those puppies. So you, you take it and you, you put it in there and you twirl it around and you do your little business and then you send it off and, and they'll tell you if you need to come in for further testing. They say this is also ideal because there are so many women that don't have an access to a primary care provider, a.k.a. a family doctor. And they tend to slip through the cracks when it comes to testing for routine stuff like this. So the thought is, if you can just go anywhere and get this test, do it at home, mail it in, everybody's protected. Good thing or bad thing? Does this make Uh, sense? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I I think it's one of those things where you have to wait it out and see how it goes. Um, But I think any step to making sure we get more people tested for things and, and treated as necessary are great. Tonight, Madonna is playing her first of two shows at Scotiabank Arena. I've seen a little bit of it. I'm sure you have too, Kat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's, uh, she hasn't realized yet that she's not the same Madonna from the 80s and 90s. What is she, like 70 now? Probably close to it. If not, yes. She's, um, she's grinding around just as sexual as ever before, but it's a little yeah. weird when it looks like grandma and, and Skeletor <laughs> a little bit. 
Well, she's she's had a lot of work done too. But look, hey, if she feels good about herself, that's great. That's fine. This is a rescheduled show, by the way, for, for those who forget. Like, she nearly died. Um, so it's not the same as a summer show. We all know this, especially here in this, these neck of the woods. Uh, but I, I'm sure it'll still be a good show. I think if Madonna music is playing, I'll have a good time. I'll still enjoy it. See, Madonna had just a stranglehold on the entertainment industry for years. I mean, it was movies and TV and music and all sorts of great stuff. But then she did what so many artists do too soon. She put out a a couple of albums that were really kind of weird and she went off on a different direction. And I think people generally knew and loved Madonna for all the classic stuff. It's the newer stuff that didn't really do too well. And so that's why I'm hoping that if you're going to the show, she's going to play a lot of the older stuff and not some of the newer stuff that kind of bombed. If you're going, though, have fun. And if you won tickets from us, great. Tag us in your pictures so we can see. That'd be great. A lot of layoffs in the tech sector, Kat. First off, Google has announced they're laying off hundreds of employees that work on hardware, voice assistants, and their engineering teams. They say it's cost-cutting. That's right. Google, one of the most profitable companies in the world, is now cutting costs and laying off hundreds of highly skilled tech sector workers. But that's not all. So is Amazon. Amazon bought Twitch for almost a billion dollars almost 10 years ago. That's right. Yeah, they're laying off about 500 people. Okay. They say they need to boost investment in areas with the most impact and step back from others. I don't know anybody who uses Twitch. Do you? No, that's. I think that's gamers, mostly. Is it? That's gamers. Gamers and DJs, for a lot of reasons. And DJs, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. DJs tend to stream their mix show sets yeah. and stuff like that. Ooh, people love them. See, and I'm not in that world either of, of wanting to watch someone do something like that. I'm just not. I like playing video games, too. Like, I enjoy it. If I'm at a place where people are playing, I'll watch them play for a bit. But I am not of the world of, like, log in to watch this Twitch. What do they call them? Twitchers? Twitchers? Are they Twitchers? It's a weird thing if that's I don't what know. they are. Uh, watch these people on Twitch. And there's some people who've been made very famous and extremely rich from being very popular on Twitch. So good on them. That's great. But, yes, for the most part, I think it's gamers and, yeah, maybe the odd person watching a DJ. DJ. Good job to, that's a lot of people in the tech sector losing their jobs though. Like when you think about how many different announcements have come down over the last year, highly skilled computer engineers and coders that are losing jobs like crazy. And it's weird when you think about it because it's almost like self-destructive, that industry sometimes, because Uh you work so hard as a human to build up this technology. This technology, which is very, very much run by AI now and will be going forward, will eventually eat you up. That's that's, the way it is. That is the way it is. And revenues are also way down at some of these companies, so they got to make cuts. I don't think Amazon is in danger of going under by any means, but if they're looking at Twitch saying this is costing way too much money, get rid of 500 people, that seems like it's not doing well at all. A few more things. Good job, because we shit on them a little bit earlier this week, but the Canada Border Services Agency has come through. They arrested a Brampton resident who tried to smuggle $6.5 million worth of cocaine across the Queenston-Lewiston Bridge into Canada. It was a commercial truck. He went to the uh, inspection station. They suspected something and pulled him over for a secondary inspection. That's when they found 202 bricks of cocaine. 
How the fuck did this guy think he was going to... That's a lot of coke. Because you know why? The scary thing is some people have gotten away with it, if that's what you're about to ask. How do you think you get away with it? Because some people probably have, and maybe it's one out of every hundred that try, but you think you can do it. That's probably what leads you to getting caught. Well, I mean, this is the guy who got caught. How many else made it through with 202 bricks of cocaine in their truck? I mean, drugs don't grow here. They come from somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's not all flown in either. So I have to think that there's a lot of drugs crossing the border. They caught this guy, which is good. Uh, CBSA released him to the RCMP, who just released him with conditions. He goes to court on February the 2nd. If you're in Hamilton, what's up, Hamilton? How are you? We love being on Energy 95.3 every morning. This is a warning that Monday, Hamilton's going to smell a little worse than it usually does. <laughs> the wastewater treatment plan on Woodward Avenue is going to be undergoing some maintenance work, and there's a high probability that as they work on the plant's digester, that there's going to be an extremely mm. smelly stench in the air. Do you know what a digester is? I don't know what it sounds really gross. At a, at a water treatment plant, something called the digester. I'm not interested. I feel like we should all know what this does. <laughs> So apparently this is a very common and natural process where they use microorganisms to break down organic materials into methane and carbon dioxide. That is how they treat the water that goes through the wastewater treatment plant. Right. 96% of Hamilton's water goes through that plant and it's going to smell like shit yep. for about a day and a half starting on Monday. Yeah. Man, if that doesn't make you want to not drink the water, I don't know what will. You know, when you really think about it too, like really put some thought into what goes down the drain and then like our drinking water. It's not a fun thought, okay. Scott. I know it's not you know a fun people thought. People showering and all kinds of weird stuff that comes off the human body and animals. Well, this is the thing. Okay, so I don't actually know how this works. Maybe one of these days just for fun, we should get somebody in from like public works or something because I don't know how it works. So I have a brother-in-law that does this. That Well, he, he's an engineer, though, so I don't know if he knows enough, but I can, we could get him on to ask some questions. I, I just want to know, the water that comes out of the tap that we put in our Britas and gets run through the filters in our fridges and stuff, the actual tap water, what is that? Where does that come from? Is that pulled right out of Lake Ontario? Is it treated water that somebody else has drank or peed or whatever that got sent into the system through drains and toilets? Where is that water coming yeah. from? I mean, it depends on what mun municipality you're from. Because water in, like, even if you're thinking about, like, the KW region, water from Kitchener is differently sourced than water in Cambridge, for example. You know what I mean? Yes. It all depends on where you, where you are. And who's in charge of cleaning it, and how good are they at their job? Because, like you said, there's a yeah. lot of stuff that goes down the drain and down the toilet that I'd love to think I did not re-ingest a few weeks later. Just when you think about it, right? It's not, it's not a fun thought. It's not a fun thought. <laughs> a Flair Airlines flight from Las Vegas to the Kitchener-Waterloo Airport is getting a lot of attention online, and it's for all the wrong reasons. The flight was supposed to depart Vegas on Monday night. The passengers and the luggage were on the plane. They were ready to go. They were just waiting for a refuel. But Flair says its fuel provider in Vegas was short-staffed. That led to a long delay and caused the plane's crew to exceed their maximum allowed working hours for the day. So, after an hour of sitting there on the plane at the jet at the, the jetway before a four-hour flight home, then they found out, yeah, the flight's not going to be able to take off. Sorry, everybody. That sucks. So they had to get everybody off the plane. 
I don't even know if they got the luggage off the plane or if they said, just keep your carry-ons, we'll keep your luggage on board because we are going to depart eventually. We just don't know when. They offered hotel and food vouchers to all the people. The problem is nobody was at the Flare head office here in Ontario or wherever it is to make the decision on when the flight would fly. Plus, they've got to get permission from the Las Vegas airport to take off. I mean, these things are very tightly scheduled. So they didn't know right away when they were going to be leaving. People were shit scared. They were going to miss their flight back. So they didn't want to take advantage of the free hotel night offer with that voucher. They just waited at the airport. Hmm. It didn't leave until 4 p.m. Monday. Wow. This was an evening flight. Sorry, 4 p.m. Tuesday. It was a Monday evening flight canceled. They didn't leave until 4 o'clock the next day. Some of those people were at the airport for 24 hours. Wow. My, My question is, Is this really Flair's fault? They didn't do anything wrong. They followed the rules. They made sure their employees didn't fly beyond their scheduled hours. This is really on the Las Vegas airport and their fuel supplier. Yeah. I mean, that. well, I mean, if that's where, who's at fault, then yes, I agree. It would, that'd be a tough call. What would you do in that scenario? Hey, you never know when you're going to get that email or is it an email, a call? I don't even know. Would they call me? I think it's however you've registered on their, their site. Like if you sign up to get text message alerts, fine, email alerts, whatever. They would email you or text you or however you signed up and say, hey, we've decided your flight's been rescheduled for 430 tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I'd go to the hotel. I'd go to the hotel anyway. I don't want to spend any extra time waiting at an airport. Airports mm-hmm. are shit. Most of them anyway. That's the thing is, and you're already, you've already waited for that flight, right? So you've already had your airport time. Even if you like being at the airport and the Vegas airport, one of the better ones to be having to wait at, at least there's lots of restaurants there and there's, there's uh, like a mini casino. There's some slot machines anyway. Fine. But there are some airports that are even worse than that. Like you already spend the max amount of time you want to spend at an airport when your flight starts to when you start to board. Right. So at that point, I'd probably opt for the hotel and hope for the best that I get the notice about the flight back. (laughs) But I take advantage of whatever they gave me for free. In the U.S., a couple of things have happened. They uh, are, of course, getting ready for the first of the primaries. This is the beginning of the cycle that leads to a president of the United States. They go through primaries. That's how they narrow down their candidate. And then it is candidate versus candidate for president. A few things came out yesterday. Number one, Donald Trump announced that if he is elected, he will spearhead the largest mass deportation event in history. In other words, all these thousands of people that are coming over the U.S. southern border every day, he's going to round them up and say, fuck off. Get out. He's going to throw them all out. Yeah. And you know what? I actually believe him when he says he's going to do that. I believe him too. So knowing that, there's a lot of people every day, thousands of people across that border hoping for a better life. And they're just hoping that the current U.S. government is going to allow them to stay. And I tend to think that government is going to allow them to stay, even though they've got... In New York, they closed a school the other day because they have refugees sleeping in it. Kids were told they can't go to school because they're using it as a refugee shelter. It's nuts. So they're running out of room in a lot of places. I I have to think the government is going to let them stay unless that gets stopped until after the election, in which case Trump is going to deport them all. I don't even know how you do it. There's literally millions of people you've got to kick out of the country. What, do you just drive them to the Mexican border and say, bye? Or do you have to send them home to where they're from? How would that even work? I don't know, but it's going to be crazy interesting. Like, make some popcorn. When they get into this U.S. election cycle, it's going to be nuts. Back here at home, 
the prime minister's office is denying allegations that they misled the ethics commissioner regarding the prime minister's recent vacation in Jamaica. I, uh, I usually stand up for Trudeau on these. I think the prime minister is entitled to a vacation just like anybody else. Yes, his vacations cost a lot more than ours do <laughs> because he's got a security yeah. detail and all think, that sort of shit. Yeah, and that kind of comes with the territory of being a leader. Here's the problem with this one, though, and it's another problem. The conflict of interest and ethics commissioner has been asked to look into this one because of how staff detailed the Trudeau stay. Originally, Trudeau said he was paying for his own accommodation, which is all we expect. You pay for your own accommodation or the equivalent of, we don't expect you to pay for your own hotel room, but if you could have stayed at a Marriott for 150 bucks a night, you give us the 150 bucks. Same thing happens with the air travel. You're flying on a private Challenger jet, the equivalent Air Canada flight would have been 500 bucks, so it only costs you 500 bucks if you're the PM. Good deal. Then it came out he didn't actually pay for it. Turns out he was gifted it. He was gifted it, this $10,000 a night resort, by someone who is a donor of the Trudeau Foundation. Uh-huh. So the Prime Minister, I don't even know what the answer here is. The Prime Minister claims it was a gift from a family friend. The opposition all agrees that's not the same thing as staying at a friend's house. It was a resort that cost $10,000 a night, and you got the whole thing for free. You also led people to believe you were paying for it when you were actually getting it for free. That could be a record fifth ethics violation if he's convicted. I think that like there needs to be clearer rules on this so we all understand how it works. I feel like he shouldn't be gifted anything. Like When you're the prime minister... No gifts, period, the end. Really? I, well, it's one thing if a leader of another country brings you something from that country. You know what I mean? Like, those things aside, I, I think that there's too much... Well, there are. There's questions. We're doing it right now. We're questioning it, right? People are questioning it. So I I know he's going to receive gifts as a human. We all do, right? Birthday gifts, and sometimes they're extravagant, and sometimes they're not. Right. But when it comes to being the leader of a country, I feel like... There, you have to suck it up. And in that time period, you get nothing. It pisses me off that we've got like nurses working in hospitals that aren't even allowed to accept Tim Horton's gift cards from a patient who they cared for very well. But you've got the prime minister able to accept a $10,000 vacation. I, I don't. A night. A, a night, sorry, vacation. <laughs> it was 10 grand a night. It's outrageous. Yeah, it's. Um, like, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Do they just have to more clearly define what a friend is? I, I don't know. I mean, he says this is a friend who allowed him to stay for free at his resort. I don't know. It's, it, Everybody I, else says it looks pretty fishy. And by the way, the person who hosted you there had the prime minister of Canada at his beck and call nonstop access for like 10 days. Hmm. Nobody else in the world gets that kind of yeah, access to I the know. prime minister. It has to be. I don't know. It's like something has to be done to make it a little more clear about what isn't or isn't allowed when you when you actually get sworn in. Even like go back to when you get sworn in and be like, "Listen, here's your family. You can accept gifts from these people, and if things change, you come to us with a list of people who are your friends or family you can accept gifts from that also <laughs> happen to have money." Okay. Otherwise, like we need to know all of the information. I don't understand why there's still not somebody in the prime minister's office that's in charge of dotting I's and crossing T's. This isn't even the first vacation the guy has gone on that came under intense scrutiny. His original ethics violation was for accepting that vacation from the Aga Khan on his island. Now we've got this. It seems like he'd be better off to just do what everybody else does. Just fuck off to Florida, stay at a nice resort down there, take your kids to Disney and go play some golf or whatever you want to do and fly home. It's getting way too complex staying at all these different people's homes 
that are maybe paid for, maybe given as gifts, maybe discounted. We don't know. And how did all that work? I mean, this has nothing to do with him as prime minister. I'm just wondering from a personal standpoint. Uh, I've gone through a divorce. I never once thought I should invite my ex-wife to come on vacation with me. But well, Sophie did go on vacation with the, the family. And did she bring her new partner? Did Trudeau bring a date? Or were they just there, like, putting on a show yeah. for the kids? How did it work? It could be for the kids. I was thinking about the kids. Oh, the youngest kid is the daughter. Yeah, I believe so. And she's how old? Uh, she's a teenager. Because I think, like, under the age of 18, maybe you still do your damn best to, to do things as a unit, as long as things aren't too toxic. And, and if things aren't too toxic, then that's fine, right? Then then I'm sure it's okay. And I, I know there's couples who have separated that still hang out together, and it's no problem. It depends on the relationship. So we can assume that everything's fine enough for it, for them to all be together as a unit. Yesterday at congressional hearings in uh, Washington. Oh, wow, I almost said Ottawa. I'd love to have them in Ottawa, but it'll probably never happen. In Washington, they were doing congressional hearings and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Remember him, the face of COVID? Oh, I sure do. Yeah, he was up there yesterday, and, and they haven't actually published the video or anything yet, but we do get excerpts here and there. One of the things that came out of his testimony is that Remember the social distancing? Stay six feet away from people. Ugh, yeah, when you say it, I cringe a little bit. Does anyone else have PTSD when he says that? And, and then we had all those little <laughs> dots on the floor. Like if somebody's standing we, here, you have to stand over there. We still have stuff up in our workplace that has like little signs. And now and again, I chuckle at them. Like even in the parks, we were asked, stay six feet away from people. Yeah. And, and we would say common sense things like, but we're outside. And they'd still yeah. say, no, six feet. It's got to be six feet or you're going to fucking die. <laughs> Turns out there was absolutely no scientific basis for six feet. Uh, they asked Fauci about this, and they said, the six feet thing, where did that come from? He couldn't point to a single source that said six feet is actually safe. In fact, if we were going to actually use social distancing to try and keep ourselves healthy, it would be more like 18 to 20 feet. Turns out the six feet thing was really just a waste of everyone's time. It was never effective. Neither were those little half wall things that they put up on the go train. To <laughs> oh my gosh. How much fucking money did we spend on oh dumb God. shit like that and decals on the floor and cops enforcing social distancing and it didn't make a lick of difference. There was never any science to say oh that it was God. true. Yeah. I can't wait till the video comes out and I'll share it with you guys right yeah. here on After 9. That'd be great. The final thing, two more things I want to mention. A big change coming in Ontario and I'm here for it. I think it's great. We're moving Service Ontario out of that dark, dingy plaza or mall or wherever it is you go to renew your driver's license and your health card and get your sticker. No more. They're going to have Service Ontario locations now located inside Staples. Okay, you know what's funny? is like, I, I thought, okay, convenient, whatever. I didn't even put the link between the fact that it's an American company in this. But people are shitting all over this on social because it is an American company. What do you feel? How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, it doesn't matter what Doug does, right? I mean, I'll yeah. give Doug all the criticism in the world where he deserves it and he's wrong on the 413 and a few other things. But he's right about this. Whether Staples is an American, quote unquote, corporation or not, they employ a lot of fucking Canadians. They and do. They've got yeah. locations all over Canada. They're also open much better hours than Service Ontario and the Service Ontario at Staples will be open Staples hours, not Service Ontario hours. Great. Good. We're going to be able to get in. We'll have more access. There's more room to spread out. You can do a little shopping and let's face it right now we're paying rent 
in all those Service Ontario locations. A lot of them are privately owned. I don't know if people know that, generally speaking, but it's private individuals that own those Service Ontarios. They're paying rent on those locations. Staples comes along with a proposal. Hey, you've got a real captive audience there. Everyone in the province technically is supposed to come here once a year to renew something. Why don't you move them into Staples? We would enjoy the extra traffic, and it'll save you guys a ton of money. That's a win-win. That's the kind of corporate partnerships we need. This is great. Now, the reason people are shitting on it is twofold. Number one, people love to shit on the province of Ontario and the current government. Whether it's Wynn, Ford, it doesn't matter. And people hate change. Yeah, it's true. They hate change. They do. And the only change that's really happening here is typically you look for the green sign. Now you're just going to look for the red one. Who knows? Maybe you'll walk out of there and hit that fucking that was easy button. (laughs) Maybe you will. There's no reason to hate on this idea until we've gone through with the idea and realized, yes, it's great or no, it doesn't work. And by the way, we've been there before where we've realized, no, this doesn't work at all. Oh, absolutely. Shitty, shitty ideas. Maybe this one will be okay. And I think just for, again, for convenience purposes, I think about some of the service Ontario's near me. Maybe it's similar to you guys where it's in a plaza. It's kind of out of the way and it's... You just no don't want parking. to be there, no parking, all that kind of stuff. So if this is a place where you know Staples is going to have a parking lot of sorts, right? And you know there's going to be ample room inside, so you're not waiting outside. There's also Service Ontario locations where you're out the door. Now, you can't do a lot of things online. I just want to remind people of that. A lot like, of people don't realize people that. People waste their time. And then I feel bad for them. Like, they're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. You could have renewed that online. It's really easy, too. One more. I think we should all collectively take a sigh of relief that we don't live in Toronto. Taxes are going up 10.5%. It was announced yesterday in the proposed 2024 budget. It's a 9% property tax hike and then a 1.5% increase to that slush fund for transit and housing. Now, if the kind of holding Torontonians hostage here because, and it's brilliant by Olivia Chow, give her full credit for being a smart politician. The way she phrased it is, or they phrased it, 9% property tax increase, 1.5% on the levy for housing and transit. Nothing you can do about that. But that 10.5% will actually be about 16.5% unless Justin Trudeau cuts a check to Toronto for at least a quarter billion dollars to pay all the expenses associated with the refugees that are all being stacked up in Toronto. Man, Trudeau doesn't... uh, He's not going to look good in this. He's either got to write that check or wear it. And a lot of the support for his party happens to be based in Toronto. So Olivia Chow riding this one out like a champ. And that's kind of overshadowing the fact that people's taxes are going up 10.5%. If the average family is paying, say, 5500 a year in property taxes, add on another $550, how much is that a month? Do people have that kind of money? I don't think they do. No, I'm sure it's a shock to a lot of people hearing about it. I'm wondering, this is an idea that I had as I was listening to that fiasco of a budget proposal. I really think that if a city or a municipality, a province or whatever, is going to come to you, the taxpayer, all of us, if they're going to come to us and say, we need to raise taxes because of whatever, okay, Show us that budget with the property tax increase or with the sales tax increase or whatever. Show us what that looks like. But you better also show us what it'll look like without the increase. You know, we've all known for a while that Olivia Chow, if elected, was going to raise taxes. She would never say how much. And I don't know how many people expected it would be a double digit increase. But here we are. So you've showed us what it would look like with your budget now. 
Now show us what that budget looks like with no tax increase. Show us what's going to get cut. Mm. And then let people make a decision. Because maybe people will decide, you know what? It's really not that important to me that we have bus service every 10 minutes. I'd be okay with it being every 15 minutes if it saves a billion dollars. Maybe people would be okay with, you know what? Because there's no property tax increase, if you want to use a community pool, you're going to have to pay a toonie every time you want to go. Maybe people would be okay with paying a user fee to use a library or a pool or a community center. There's all kinds of different ways we can do it. Maybe people are okay with, well, we got to cancel the Beaches Jazz Festival and we're going to cancel Pride this year because we can't afford the security for the parade. Whatever. Show us what it would look like with no property tax increase and let us decide what's important to us. You asking for transparency? How dare you? I know. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, you know, if, if I ran things, it'd be done a little differently. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Kat, let's talk about the workplace. Really great article. It is in BuzzFeed, and I believe it was compiled, namely, from Reddit. The most scandalous things you have seen happen at the workplace. We talked about this on our radio show today. We got a lot of text messages we're going to read you starting in a sec. First off, let me go through the best ones from this list. You ready? Ready. Doctor and a nurse secretly having an affair. No one knew until they were away on a trip together for their little affair. And he got mauled by a bear on a rafting trip. The nurse had to save his life. And that's how it got put together that they were having an (gasps) affair and together on this trip. That's how they got outed. She saved his life. Nurse saved the doctor. This woman says, I brought my daughter to work. A day later, a co-worker approached. You can't bring your daughter to work here anymore. Legally, I'm not allowed to be around children. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? No. Uh can I go through some of the text messages we got? By the way, a lot of these have to do with like affairs and that kind of scandal. It is remarkable how, how many, many people are boinking yeah. at work. Yeah. Um, okay, so years ago, we had a couple who worked together and had a kid. He got promoted and a new guy started and they became best friends. This new guy moved in as he needed a place to stay. His girlfriend ended up cheating on him and having relations with this guy and then she got pregnant. Pregnant? He thought he was the dad and posted about the pregnancy on Facebook. It wasn't his. It was the other guy's, and it got really messy. I'll bet. Uh, I work at a gym, and this person asked to be anonymous, but a longtime listener, so thank you for listening. You know who you are. I work at a gym. One day, a fellow called, asking me to confirm his wife's attendance at the gym. Not defaulting to evil, I checked the dates and confirmed with him. No problem. A couple of days later, my manager pulled me aside to say the wife called screaming about privacy. Apparently, she had been having an affair and I outed the excuse she'd been giving her husband. Whoops. I have a hard time feeling bad. Play bitch games. Get bitch prizes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's generally the rule of thumb. Let me ask you, though, doesn't that seem weird? If I'm answering the phone at a gym and a guy calls and says, yeah, I just want to check when my wife was there. Yes. 
No fucking way no. am I answering that question. You know what? You're not supposed to for privacy reasons. I mean, that's the thing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's not something you can give out. It doesn't matter if it's your wife. And also, I don't know who the fuck you are. How are you not like, maybe you're a stalker waiting for her to leave, a serial killer yes. or something. You don't give out that kind of information. No, you don't. You don't give it out. Um, this person here, the big boss at a newspaper I worked at, scolded the entire staff for spreading a, quote, baseless rumor that a manager was sleeping with the head of shipping. A week later, that manager and the head of shipping were arrested for having sex in a car. Oh, my God. That's the baseless rumor that we're not allowed to discuss that turned out to be completely true. Okay, scandalous scandalous shit that happened. I'll tell you one of my stories, and it's... Um, all I'll say is it was not at any radio stations I worked at, but I had this... Uh, I don't know. He was a He was a boss, I suppose. Not the main boss. He's a piece of shit. I never liked him. But anyway, I, I didn't like him at all. He was rude to employees, specifically to females. Like he really talked down to the females at the office. And actually there were quite a few of us females there. I had left this place, but I talked to a friend of mine who was still there and he continued to belittle her and treat her like shit and asked her to do him some favors on his computer when he left, like do this and that, whatever. He, She was sick of his shit and she planned to leave. She logged into his shit, looked through his email and found out he was sending some very inappropriate emails to someone who was not his wife. Oh. Since she was about to leave anyway, she said, you know what? Fuck this guy. She knew his wife's information. She forwarded every one of those emails on to his wife. Really? The emails to his mistress. Because the boss was a prick. Because he was a dick. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Scandalous, right? That is scandalous. Yeah. Like it. Uh, let's go back to the list. Freelancer at a magazine was trying to get people to unionize, but he didn't know the staff that well. So he put together a list of staff phone numbers and decided to call them all and discuss how awful the owner was and why they needed to unionize. He didn't realize one of the employees was actually the boss's wife. Whoopsie. <laughs> Whoopsie. You dipshit. Hmm. I worked at a restaurant. I worked with a girl who was shortly hired after me. She seemed nice. Her boyfriend would pick her up every day and wait at the restaurant sometimes. I thought it was sweet until she told me she was his mistress and he had a whole family who didn't know about their relationship. I felt so uncomfortable. I gave him the death stare every time after that. Uh, another one here. This is at a grocery store. You know, I hear some really gross things that happen at the grocery store, the back area, you know, that area with oh, the swinging doors. Where we're not allowed to go. Thou shall not pass. Right, right. Um, growing up uh, in Cambridge, I don't know if I should out some of these places, but I will. Fuck it. This is back in the early 2000s when I was in high school and I had friends working at a, at a food basics in Cambridge, the Galt location specifically. Just disgusting back there rats and feces and shit everywhere and this is a similar one at a fresh go uh this person said we had rats at the fresh go and the manager never hired an exterminator or reported it to anyone and it became a regular thing for the staff to have to check the mouse traps i found one decayed and with maggots all over it oh, God. that's next to the food in a grocery that we store. purchase oh my i know God, and, that's it, and, horrible. and i've told you too like i mean i'm working in a restaurant i've heard some things that happen behind the scenes it's not it's not pleasant you hope that most places are not like that of course let's hope so but ugh, when you hear those stories trust issues right this next one is a good one because well, i don't want to suggest that anybody does it but i'm saying if you do it you'd probably make some decent money movie theater manager busted for undercharging people who paid cash adults who came in and paid cash she would charge them or ring in the children's rate and pocket the difference 
She'd been doing it for years. They estimate she stole tens of thousands of dollars. That's that's a good scam. You know what, though? I know. Okay, like you said, not good. Bad, bad, bad. Don't do that. But I've I've heard of, you know, people deal in cash all the time. Like, this is not the first time this has happened. It won't be the last time this has happened in similar scenarios, right? Where people just accept cash on the side. It happens. Oh, yeah. And they steal from their businesses they work at. They steal, like, you name it. There are so many cash transactions happening right now because the cost of everything is out of control and businesses need the money and they want to keep it off the books. So a lot of people are dealing in yeah. cash right now. Or people who are working at the businesses stealing from them. But they'll get caught. some people just get caught, right? I know I actually have a friend who, who runs a place that has a warehouse. And there's cameras all over the damn warehouse. And they ca- I, I swear it's like once every other month they say they're catching people stealing shit to try to make a buck on the side. Really? Like stealing boxes of inventory. To try to sell it on the side. And then when they get caught, right, it's, it's on, again, it's on video. They get set down. And they're just like, yeah, I was just trying to make some money. Like, well, you lost a job now. Yeah. Apparently they're very job. easy to come by. <laughs> yeah. You'll just go <laughs> to the next place and steal more inventory. Yeah. Uh, another one from the list. When my school changed accrediting agencies, the new agency required all faculty to provide proof of graduate degrees. One prof was discovered to have been employed by the university for years based on a PhD that they never actually got. Oh, snap. I wonder how many people are out there just getting away with that, that have lied and said, yeah, I've got a degree in this or a degree in that. That's really the only time you'd get caught is if somebody like this comes in and says, now we need to see proof of your degree. Because otherwise, I think if you're just applying for a job, how many HR managers are reaching out to the school to verify the degree yeah. you say you have, you actually have? And years later, I mean, that's an always an interesting one because you know something sparked it, right? It'd yeah. be like if you're working there four or five years, then suddenly they're on to you. Someone talked, right? Someone like, oh, I know a professor there. Oh, don't you know, you know, Jim works in our whatever team. Oh. I don't know that guy. I taught at that time. Oh, shit. Right? And that's when you run the risk that someone's going to talk. One more. We were at Disney for a company-wide sales meeting. While all of us were at the bar, we noticed that there was a TV with a live feed showing off the beauty of the resort. It was scrolling through all kinds of different parts of the property from their various cameras. All was okay. We were enjoying the show until one of the monitors displayed the pool where you could see one of our managers and a sales rep having some serious sex in the pool. Oh, no. What a great TV show that would be. <laughs> You're at a sales conference, and it goes to a channel where, well, your boss and a coworker are just doing it in the pool. Anyone else want in the pool? No? No? <laughs> what do you mean you have to close the pool? Uh, do we have time for Wiz Khalifa? Yeah, we can talk about Wiz. Give me the details on Wiz. So... Parent-teacher conferences, interviews, whatever they call it. They call it something different every school, I feel like. But you know those times where you uh, you sit down, you talk about your kid with the teacher. So then enter Wiz Khalifa. Do most people know who Wiz Khalifa is? I think so, right? Good artist, fine. He's got some good music. He's like millennial Snoop. He's like he's he's kind of like millennial Snoop. You're not wrong. He's the face of weed for that generation. So he has a son who's 10 now, by the way, whom he had with Amber Rose. And Wiz Khalifa really likes weed a lot and he smokes weed a lot. So he's on the Call Her Daddy podcast, actually, which was released this week. And he was talking about smoking weed a lot and it got brought up. And I'm not sure if it was just about weed or if it was about being a parent. Like you don't do all these things that normal parents do being who you are, right? You don't go to parent teacher conferences. That specifically was brought up to which he replied. Not only does he show up, he shows up fully as himself. High as a fucking kite. Wow. He shows up high as a kite. He says, that's the way that I am truly feeling like myself. So that's why I do it. 
So he's high 24-7. Like he, he, he's every, one of those people. Every day he wakes up, little wake and bake, and then just carries on yeah. with his day and then tops up throughout the day. Hey, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as you're not bothering anybody or hurting anybody or yourself. Well, you're doing it responsibly where you're not driving or whatever. Yeah, and if you're a, there's a lot of high-functioning stoners out there smoke all the time and you'd never know because like I said they're so high functioning I'm going to assume he's like that however it's a little different when you show up to your kids school interview stoned and smelling like weed for sure in fact in the interview he also mentioned he's what they never said it the teachers of the kid never said it he said but he's like I'm pretty sure that they know I mean they do know that I smoke a lot of weed but I'm pretty sure my son probably shows up to school some days smelling like weed just from being At in the 10 house? 10 years old. Just from being around it. That's the part that made me go, ooh. Yeah, I don't love that look. Like, that's the thing. Is, hey, if you're going to smoke up all the time, that's one thing. But can't you, like, do it outside? Why do you got to do it around your kid? I don't know. That was a, That's a weird one for me. But nonetheless, um, yeah, he says that he does that all the time. One more thing I want to mention before we go. It was a really good uh summary of an interview that Gordon Ramsay did on a podcast over in the UK. And one of the questions of Gordon Ramsay is, was about menus. What do you look for on a menu? What do you want to see on a menu? And he said something really interesting that I'd never thought about. He said, I'll tell you what you should avoid on a menu. You go into a restaurant, you're trying to figure out what you want to have. The one thing you should avoid is the specials. The specials. He said, avoid Mm -hmm. the specials because often the specials are made up from the shit that's about to go bad or that they want to get rid of. I've heard of that before and I believe it. But I thought it was supposed to be special. No. Like, oh, fuck, we just got it's, in all this Alaskan cod and no. oh, it's, we made this great dish with it. It's because the Alaskan cod's starting to stink. So we got to get it, <laughs> we got to try to profit off this. He also said if there's too many specials, they're not special. So yeah. stay away from the specials and order what they're good at making, i.e. what's on their full-time menu. Right, and what they're known for. It makes okay. sense if you think about yeah, it, doesn't it? Absolutely. We got to go, everybody. Have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. One more to go this week. And uh, any idea what's going on with uh, Blizzard? Oh, is is Blizzard joining us? I think he might. Question mark? He was on a good run where he made it in like three weeks in a row. That was back in like September. So I don't know if he's going to be on tomorrow. Pending any bad weather, he might be in. I think everyone in his house is relatively healthy now, too. Feeling better. Great news. So that's good. We will see you tomorrow, possibly with Dave and another episode of After 9. Bye, friends. Sony unveiled a new electric car that can be driven with a PlayStation controller. And it's fun when kids fight over the controller and accidentally drive grandma to Toronto. Researchers have developed a soft robotic tentacle complete with suckers that can be operated remotely and they say could use the arm for investigating the gastrointestinal tract. Because the most comforting words you can hear as you're going under for your colonoscopy are, Nurse, energize the tentacle. (laughs) Boeing CEO David Calhoun reportedly held a staff-wide meeting after the FAA grounded dozens of its 737 MAX 9 planes. He said if you need to talk, his door is always blown open. I read about a woman in North Carolina who was arrested and then allegedly chewed through the back seat of the police car. (laughs) The cop driving was like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and add meth to the list of charges. (laughs) 